And now, O Lord, may the words of our mouths and the meditations of all of our hearts be found acceptable in your sight. For you are our rock, our strength, and our redeemer. If through the words of this human being we do not hear your voice, O God, we ask that you would come and speak to each of us in the quietness of our hearts. Amen. I recently came across a short video clip from a church in Orlando, Florida, and it was an excerpt from a conference for pastors, and the leader was saying something so simple and yet so deep for all of us, not just pastors, to take to heart. I'm paraphrasing, but what he essentially said was, you don't have to preach a different topic every week. You don't have to preach a different cause. You don't have to preach a different idea. And he went on to name, and and he went on to say, instead, preach a person. Preach Jesus Christ himself. And he went on to name only a few of the different sermons, messages that you can draw from Jesus himself. Preaching Jesus as the first, as the last. Preaching Jesus as the Son of God. Preaching him as the Son of Man. And the more I listened to his list as he kept going, I thought, this leader is being so wise in doing what all of us as the priesthood of believers should do as we want to emulate the life of Jesus Christ. He's repeating what matters. He's repeating who matters. And perhaps unknowingly, he's quoting Paul. And what he is doing is he is quoting Paul in the very first verse of today's passage. Verse 8, the first three words, remember Jesus Christ. Remember Jesus Christ. Notice what Paul immediately tells us to remember about who Jesus is. First, he says that he has been raised from the dead. This is so important, not just because of Jesus' resurrection itself, but remember, friends, as we talked about last week, Paul is in prison waiting to go to his death. When he leaves his prison cell, he is going to be executed for the gospel. And he's saying to his, to his young friend Timothy, you do not even need to fear death, Timothy, because this is Jesus. Remember Jesus. He died for us. He was raised, and you also can be raised. What Paul was saying is, Timothy, whatever you are facing, you can face it with a resurrection mindset Because Jesus is risen. The second thing that Paul preaches in his message about remembering Jesus Christ is that Jesus is a descendant of David. You can see it there in verse 8. What a rich name. Of all the names that Paul could use to ascribe to Jesus, the one he chose here is the son of David, the descendant of David. All of the Old Testament points to Jesus as the promised one, the promised king. We are told over and over throughout the Old Testament that there will come a Messiah through the line of David to sit on David's throne. And we're not talking about a chair, uh, an earthly chair kind of throne, a fancy chair kind of throne. We're talking about one that cannot be seen that is in the heavenly realm. Time after time, the Old Testament promises this, this, and Paul is calling us to remember God's promise throughout Scripture, the promise of a person, of the promise of the Word made flesh, the promise of God with us. 
Everything that follows in this passage relates back to that command, to that verb, remember Jesus Christ. More specifically, the whole thing, remember Jesus Christ who was raised and who was promised. Paul recounts some of the things that Timothy and all of us need to remember. And in order to endure the hardship and the chains and the burdens of verse 9, remember that the risen one, the promised one, the word of God cannot be chained. Look with me in verse 9 at what Paul says. I suffer hardship even to the point of being chained like a criminal, but the word of God is not chained. Remember that he cannot be held back. And the result of remembering this, the result of remembering who the word of God is and the power of that word not to be confined by anything humanity tries to do, this is the result. Look with me in verse 10. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect. Therefore, I endure some things. No. Therefore, I endure the easy things. No. Therefore, I endure just the things I want to endure. No. Paul says, I endure everything for the sake of the elect so they may also obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Friends, we remember Jesus Christ. We remember, we hold before him in our daily sermon that we tell ourselves our daily motto is to be remember Jesus Christ and may my life reflect his glory. May our eyes be fixed on eternity. Remember that so that we can endure the hardships the world brings this way because we will endure hardship. But in remembering Jesus Christ, We have everything that we need. Now, in recent years, as we think about remembering, I've been hearing a phrase a lot more that's been around for a while, but but we've been hearing it a lot recently, and that phrase is selective memory. Now, many of us have used this term, especially in recent years, to say that we remember, to use that as a way of saying we or somebody else remembers only what we want to remember or what we choose to remember. But the truth is, friends, selective memory is something worth looking into. The organization BetterHelp, which is, an onla- which is a um, counseling service with a strong online presence, explains that selective memory really can be the result of a traumatic experience. It's something that can develop with something as simple as poor nutrition, not getting all the vitamins and minerals we need. It's also something that can happen with the aging process that just happens with it happens within our bodies. And so selective memory is a real condition and it means more than just choosing to remember only certain things. And in, in our modern society, we are far more susceptible to our memories being affected simply because so much is happening to us. It doesn't take a traumatic experience necessarily. It could be something as simple as something that I endured, that I went through last week. I'm going to share with you as an example. And my guess is you can identify with this as well. By the way, don't ever ask God for a sermon illustration because God will give you one. I'm going to share you, with you what that is. I was on a Zoom call last week, which has become normal for many of us in this day and age. And it was a, it was not a long Zoom meeting. It lasted no more than 30 minutes. There were not a lot of people on the call, maybe five, six, seven of us. And so you would think that this would be a pretty simple meeting and not too much being, not so much, uh, not, not a lot happening. But what did happen, one person on the call forgot to mute his microphone and he was having a conversation with his wife the whole time. And they were talking in whispers back and forth to each other. Somebody else on the call, and let me just tell you, these are very well-intentioned folks, and I'm sure I have done all of these things as well. But the second person on the call did not realize that 
You don't have to have the phone and the camera and the microphone right in your face. And so everything he said was really, really loud. He was basically yelling without realizing it because he had the phone so close to his face. And another person was trying to be polite. He had a lot of questions, and so he kept raising his hand on the Zoom call. And he would be called on while the yelling guy was still talking, so we couldn't hear the question, over the yelling. And a few minutes into this meeting, I stopped and I said, I have no idea what anybody just said or what this meeting was about. And it's because there was just such a bombardment of information. There was so much happening at once. And I'm sure you have been in similar situations where there's so much happening, there's so much information being thrown at us that we stop and we say, what just happened? We have trouble remembering the meeting we're in the midst of and what's being said because of everything happening. And what we see happening here, friends, bombardment of our minds is nothing new. Paul may not have been a psychologist. Zoom calls may not have been around back during his time, but believe me, there, was, there were things constantly bombarding the minds of the early church, things that were very concerning. But thankfully, Paul may not have been a psychologist, but he had insight into something better. He had tremendous insight into what it meant to have the mind of Christ. And he's telling Timothy, remember Jesus so that we can preach his salvation and bring many daughters and sons to glory. Paul is saying, Timothy, this is what you need to remember. This is what you would need to carry you. Preach that in dying to self, we live with him eternally. How easily we forget about eternity. And Paul is saying it should always be on our minds, not consumed by it, but always aware of eternity. So friends, this is what I want to ask you today. What if we made one simple change in our lives? And this is something some of you may already be doing. What if we made one simple change that when we are in the middle of whatever your Zoom call is, where all of that is happening, what if we paused and said as a prayer, Lord Jesus Christ, I remember you. Give me the eyes of eternity. Lord Jesus Christ, I remember you. Help me see what I am walking through right now through the eyes of of eternity. Lord Jesus Christ, I remember that you are the word made flesh. Lord Jesus Christ, I remember that you are the calmer of the sea. Lord Jesus, I remember. And this is the thing, friends, once you start remembering all of these, one thing about Jesus, you can't help but remember something else about him and something else. And that is how we combat the selective memory that so easily ensnares us spiritually. Because that's what happens to us in our spiritual lives as well, friends. We're so bombarded, we forget what matters. And we have to stop. We have to remember. We have to intentionally remember that Jesus is the word of God. In just a couple of months from now, we will be in the second week of the Advent season. Let that sink in for just a moment, where we are in the Christian year. Two months from now, we're going to be two weeks into the season of Advent. And I bring that up because in Advent, we especially remember that the Lord became a person, that God became a a person, that the Word became 
became flesh and dwelled among us. And and that's what we were talking about with Jesus being a descendant of David. He is the word made flesh, the promised one. And And when we remember Jesus, the word of God, Paul takes this opportunity to offer us some of the best wisdom that we can embrace, especially as the body of Christ, as we think about what it means to be the word made flesh in this world. Look with me in verse 14. I want to encourage you in your Bible to highlight this passage, to underline it because it is so very important. Remind them of this, Paul says, warn them before God that they are to avoid wrangling over words, which does no good, but only ruins those who are listening. Friends, Paul is about to go to his death. There are so many things he can tell Timothy. What does he choose to talk about? His words. He's saying, Timothy, you and the church need to watch the way you speak. You need to watch the way that you talk. You need to steward your words wisely. That is how much our words matter, that Paul is so concerned about how we talk and what we say. Avoid wrangling over words. He says, God cares about our words, friends, because he is the word made flesh. He is the one who spoke dark, uh, spoke light into the darkness and brought forth the green and the vegetation that, we, that, that makes this world whole and everything else that followed. It was his spoken word. And we are his ambassadors. We are his spokesmen. We are his speakers in this world. And our words will reflect the word made, or, or to reflect the word made flesh. His word is life. When our words are full of his word, then we are speaking life. We are speaking resurrection. And yes, we are actively remembering and speaking Jesus over the person or the circumstance that is heavy on our hearts. There is such power in our words. And what Paul is saying is don't wrangle over what you say, but speak the truth. Speak Jesus, the word made flesh. I want to close today by reading the message translation of this verse and of verse 16. Verse 16 is not in today's passage, but it is well worth looking into. And this is what the message translation reads of that same verse. Warn God's people against pious nitpicking. Can we stop there for a moment and talk about pious nitpicking? Do you know any nitpickers in your life? Is that person you, maybe? The pious nitpickers, wrangling over these little things that we think are important that don't matter. And what Eugene Peterson goes on to say in this translation, warn against pious nitpicking, which chips away at the faith. It wears everyone out. Instead, concentrate on doing your best for God. Lay out the truth, plain and simple. The verse 16 goes in the message translation reads this. Words are never mere words. If you're not backed by a God, if they are not backed by a godly life, they accumulate as poison in the soul. Let me read that again, friends. Words are never mere words in the body of Christ. If they are not backed by a godly life, they accumulate as poison in the soul. Friends, The word made flesh has come among us, dwelt among us, died for us, and rose again as the son of David and the son of man. And so that word is now with us as well. Will our own words, will we set aside the bombardment of our minds long enough to remember that he is the word? And if we claim to follow that word that is unchained, who is active and alive and at work in this world, 
then we will remember the power of how we speak and what we speak. And may what we say, may what we do with our actions and with our lives reflect this truth. Remember Jesus Christ. Remember what matters most. And in that light of his glory and grace, indeed, all other things grow dim. So let us not be bombarded by the world's distractions. Let us be laser focused on the one who was, who is, and who is to come, our Lord Jesus, who lives and reigns with the Father and the Holy Spirit, the blessed three in one, now and forever. Amen.